What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of The Phoenix Down. This is episode 23.0. We have a very special episode. It's going to be a one-off show uh, talking about a game not a lot of people played um, called Singularity. But um, tonight, or today, whenever you're listening to this, it's technically the afternoon right now and, and nighttime for one of my guests, uh, I have with me my co-host, Matt. Hello, friends. And a very special guest, somebody that I've been listening to for a very long time. Uh, the uh, Would it be editor-in-chief of Hatchet Job? Uh, I, the first voice that you hear is probably more accurate. Okay. The first voice you hear <laughs> on the uh, Hatchet Job podcast, mm. um, we're going to call him Id Gaff. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, nice to be here. Yeah, um, and uh, I hope to uh, to not cock up too badly and to not annoy your nissles too much. So there you are. Don't worry, I do that well, good enough as it is. That sounds nice. By the way, the first voice you hear sounds like what I want. I'm gonna play first thing in the morning. First voice I hear when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> well, well, yeah. If I'm the first voice you hear when you wake up in the morning, then I probably got very drunk and bought a transatlantic train to. <laughs> plane ticket even not, not some kind of channel tunnel that links the two continents but yes oh, we're slowly working on that though yes but uh so anyway yeah we're playing singularity it's a, a 2010 game uh developed by raven software uh and published by activision no less um raven software uh they've done a few things you may have heard of hexen or heretic they made those games back in the uh mid 90s or maybe early 90s, I can't really remember. I did play those. Uh, and after Singularity in 2010, they really haven't made their own game. They have worked on a few Call of Duties, um, doing DLC as well as the newest Call of Duty, Call of Duty Ghosts. They actually did the entire multiplayer. Um, how many people does it take to make a Call of Duty nowadays? Apparently it takes multiple studios. Mm. But um, yeah, so Raven... Uh, haven't done much since Singularity, and I don't. I don't. I hope it has nothing to do with Singularity not being as well received as it should have been. I think. Um, I think it's a decent game, uh, but it's a first-person shooter uh, set in a. It's set in present day, but somewhat, somewhat, <laughs> yeah, somewhat. <laughs> but it it eventually goes into uh, you 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 go between. 2010 and 1955. Mm. Um, but you, you, especially the story is uh, just like everyday, present day, regular timeline stuff. Um, there's an island uh, that was controlled by Russia during uh, World War II uh, where they did some experiments uh, using a special element called E99. That can only be found on this island. It can only be found on this island. Katorga 12. Katorga 12, there you go. Um, And uh, there's a anomaly, or I think it was an explosion. They they caught it on satellite, um, Mm -hmm. where something, they don't really know what, um, happened. And so they send in a small team, uh, or the, the United States, I should say, send in a small team to investigate what's actually going on on this island. And um, when you get there, some crazy stuff is happening. Uh, there's 
I guess radiation. Were they doing nuclear stuff here? Well, it's. I think it's it's highly radioactive. By the way, is this? I should have asked this before we came on here. I'm looking us make or making me look terribly unprofessional. Is this a spoiler or not spoiler discussion? Absolutely spoilers. Yeah. Full yeah. On. Okay. Great. Yeah. Full on spoiler. Well, of course they're, they're doing crazy radioactive time traveling business. Yes. Yeah. Using this E99 business, and it's it's. It's highly unstable. It um, is highly unstable. Yeah. But uh, before before we get any deeper into the story and the gameplay and stuff like that, I would like to, uh, as we do with every new game that we do, the first episode, um, talk about our history with the game itself. Um, you know what what wh- how where were you in 2010 when this game came out and did you play it or did you you know write it off or whatever? And uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell me your history with uh, Singularity? Honestly, this game was completely under my radar, off my radar. I never, I, I remember hearing the name and that it came out, but I never looked into it. I never played it. Um, I, I actually, I got pretty excited when it was recommended because I thought it was going to be about the singularity. Mm. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept, but it's pretty prevalent on, say, pop science blogs. Mm-hmm. And the singularity is essentially the moment when artificial intelligences surpass human intelligence or when our brain kind of merges into the greater internet. Mm. Uh, And it was – I don't know if it was originally proposed by Kurzweil, Raymond Kurzweil. Mm. So I don't don't know if he's just the one that, that said it best or if he said it first. Um, but he predicted it to happen in 2045 based on sort of the exponential growth that happens with technology. And so I, I was expecting something along those lines when I heard that we were going to play this. And I'm like, oh, the singularity. So something cyberpunky, maybe matrixy. Uh, so I was in for a, a pretty, pretty strange shock when I started playing the game. And there's all it's, you know, it looks like a first person shooter and. <laughs> There's a lot of Russian iconography, so I'm like, oh, I don't see how this fits in with the singularity. So it seems to be just a singularity and not the singularity. But this play, this playthrough is my first experience with it. Okay. So, um, Gaff, what about you? Uh, well, I, first of all, on the Kurzweil thing, I mean, I saw an interview with him when he talked about, you know, he's trying to stay alive long enough. For the singularity, he just wants to make it so he can upload his consciousness. Yeah, yeah he can put it there. He can put his his brain into an iPhone, an i whatever it is. And so there's a video with him, and he basically says, "Yeah, I've had my body scanned. And I know what I'm genetically predisposed to, what illnesses I'm predisposed to. So I so I I take my vitamins based on that. So yeah, I he's think an interesting guy. I mean, he's an interesting man. I think I think a pensioner vitamin taking simulator wouldn't be the greatest <laughs> sell in the world. Uh, <laughs> person shooter but there's also a, a big think video with a guy who doesn't think that kurtzweil is accurate because he said that you don't have this kind of smooth curve uh, of of information when you discover new things you get little little branches and when you when you examine a subject you find you know a lot less than you thought you did about it so he thinks that the, the um is, oh, is the whole is, exponential curve is off yeah um but sorry get, get i mean uh, getting getting back to the point, I hadn't I hadn't really heard about this game until uh, Drew was kind enough to ask me on the show, and he sent me a list of uh, potential games to play, and uh, I'd only just 
I, I was reading the retro forum on Reddit or something, and somebody was saying recommend a good game from a few years ago, and Singularity kept on popping up. Um, and so, thankfully, you guys agreed to play it, and that really was my. This has been my first experience with it. I've, I've come to it completely fresh. Hmm. So you're yeah. the only veteran, huh, Drew? I am the only veteran. I um in 2010. I, truth be told. Um, in 2010, you know, I, I hadn't bought my house. I was living with my roommate, and I was a subscriber to Gamefly. Well, when they first announced Singularity, another game by Raven Software that came out around the same time as Singularity that looked exactly like Singularity was a game called Wolfenstein. Mm. It was the remake. It was technically the last Wolfenstein. I know we're getting a new one this year, but... Um, and it looked exactly like it. First-person shooter, special powers, you know, Nazis, Russians, 1950s. They all kind of just meld together. And I was like, eh, these are two generic-looking first-person shooters, whatever. But for some reason, I put it on my Gamefly queue, and they sent it to me. And I played it on the PlayStation 3 and at, at, at my old roommate's place. And it took me probably around seven hours. And I was like, you know... That wasn't too bad. It was, it was, you know, it was one of those where I was like, God, I think I'm going to be bored out of my mind with this game, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. Um, so I have played it before, and I played it. It was probably a few months after it came out, so I'd say it was probably around October of 2010 when I played it. So almost four years later, I'm playing it again. Um, which I should mention, I'm playing on the PC, the PC version. Matt, what did you play on? Uh, the PlayStation Three. Okay, and a guess. I played on the Xbox 360. Okay, so we got the whole yeah, smorgasbord the, here. The triptych. There you go. So it's um, the PC version for me. Uh, I use the 360 controller to play it. Um, why, why would you do that? Because I cannot use a mouse and keyboard. I have played so many console games now that my brain and fingers cannot work together at the same time using a mouse and keyboard. So you can imagine when we tried to play Stalker Shadows of Chernobyl <laughs> and I hadn't played one in a long time that way and you can't use a controller. I was very frustrated with that game. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's um but it it looked decent. Um you can tell that this was definitely a, a last gen title, I should say. Um it uh it, it, it didn't have many options as far as the PC goes is is changing graphics and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, uh, I enjoyed it the first time I played through it. And this time I kind of truth be told, I was going through the motions a little bit. It was it, for somehow, some reason, you know, my brain could totally be filled with mathematics and science, but it chooses to be filled with video <laughs> games and dragon ball Z trivia. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I just, um, if for some reason, I had this game memorized almost. I was going through it, and I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. And, and I, I did. The, I completed this game in four hours the second time I played it. I don't know how. I played on normal. Uh, I think I died maybe twice. Uh, yeah. that, that's impressive. I died a lot more than twice. I just, uh, but, um, of course, you I mean, you'd played it. The game is full of uh, Bioshock-style notes and recordings of course which you already knew what happened so you didn't need to stop for any of that stuff this is true i did yeah. I, for some reason i clicked on them and they just kept walking past them <laughs> i was like maybe i can hear them while i'm grabbing stuff 
Yeah, I was going to say, there was at least a good hour of the playtime is just, at least for me, it was just reading notes and listening to the recordings. Yeah. But, uh, there were a lot of them. There were a lot of notes. There's over. a ton. And here's the, here's my thing. All right, so this game obviously takes, tries to take a few pages out of the Bioshock book. I mean, obviously, there's there's kind of the horror element. Uh, you know, obviously, the first-person shooter stuff, the special powers. I mean, if mm. if you blinked really fast, you'd say, oh, this is kind of Bioshock. Um, one thing Bioshock did in 2007 was when you picked up an audio log, you picked it up and you walked yeah. around with it. <laughs> yes. Why can't you do this in singularity? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a tiny little thing. I didn't think anyone else would even care. But I was like, I don't like the fact that I just read this note and it's still sitting there on the shelf. <laughs> For me, it was also annoying because I was kind of... There weren't any subtitles in the game, I don't think. Or at least there weren't... No, there weren't any subtitles. And so the audio log also, the, the, the volume was dependent on, on your proximity to it. So if I wanted to explore a different part of the room and I played the audio log, I couldn't hear it. Yeah. And I didn't have the subtitles to listen to it. And so there were kind of these, you know, in terms of kind of usability, it wasn't very good because it, it anchored me to that spot when I don't need to be at that spot to have the information. Yeah. Um, but there was something, I'm, I'm realizing, I'm taking us slightly off target here. I apologize, but there's something that was good in terms of usability, which is uh, the sniper rifle that you get in the game without requiring any modification can slow down time, which is yes. very useful when you're trying yeah. to lead up, lead shots. But more than that, and more games should do this when you, you uh, when you pass it over an enemy and were able to shoot them or get a, you know, get a headshot, for example, the reticule color would change. So you always knew when you had a shot lined up. Yeah. There's some, um, there was some, a, yeah, a really nice touch. There was some very intelligent things as far as gameplay goes that I actually enjoyed, mm. and that that's one of them. Um, so the well, all right, let me let me at least get into the story a little bit more. So, uh, what's the main character's name? Sorry, I can't I can't even remember. Renko. 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 Yeah. Like like the guy out of Hill Street Blue. There you go. Perfect example. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the oldest person in the room. <laughs> no, nobody I mean, knows what I'm talking about. No, I, I, I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I didn't. Re- I don't remember the character, but I do remember that. I do remember that. Renko. Renko. That's that's all American name. And the other guy um, that that's they send in with you, um, voiced by Devin? no, well, yeah, Devin, Devin or Devlin. De- Devlin. Devlin. There you go. Yeah. Um, is voiced by Nolan North. Which you you can't you can't miss his voice anywhere. Never heard of him. Never heard. Of, I, I haven't either. <laughs> I think he's some new voice actor. But uh, God, it sounds exactly like Nathan Drake. That dude just does one voice. I, yeah. I didn't I didn't pick up on that. I also was very surprised to hear that he was the voice of Penguin in Batman Arkham City. Yes, he he was the voice of Penguin. So he does change his voice. He 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 did a nice um, I sounded more Australian than than British voice. And, and it did it, have twi- it did have twinges of Australian, but by by American acting standards, it was pretty good. Okay, but it's a uh, yeah. So Nolan North, uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> he uh, he he joins us, um, not for very long though. No, uh, we get separated from him, but then we eventually run back into him. While we are separated from him, we this is when we start getting into some of the horror elements. Uh, the the whole the entire island is kind of abandoned. It gives off this. 
Chernobyl feel to it, or, or Pipri- Pipriot, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, the, 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 Something the, like that. Yeah, the, the town. Uh, like if you if you go into the town now, mm. you know it's just abandoned, and there's you know a school and you know apartments and stuff like that. And while you're walking around this island, it, it gives off that kind of feel of this irradiated uh, 1950s this abandonment. It was it was very mm. strange, and, and and they have some pretty good horror elements, and so. You know, you start running into these creatures, these these mutated creatures um, that look that used to look human, but uh, now they're they're naked and taller yeah. and kind of lanky. <laughs> creatures of Walmart. There you go. That's I, I think I've seen some of those at my local Walmart. So that's <laughs> that's, that's the thing. So. <laughs> um, yeah, you do not underestimate Walmart in the South. So, <laughs> I've never been to Walmart. I'd like to go to one. They're, they're in a supermarket in the UK called Asda, uh-huh. but I'd like to go to the Source one day. Are they are they owned by Walmart? Yep. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But anyway, so yeah, uh, th- these creatures not really difficult to take down. Uh, in fact, you lose your weapons uh, starting off, um, and yeah. so you have to go find a weapon. Where you find this nice, the Centurion, the uh, the the hand gun like a revolver a high powered revolver uh which this is the only time I ever used that gun ever except for the very end oh because oh, they, yes. because yep. they made yep. you use it at the very end so uh yeah after that um we we eventually after we kill some of the mutated guys we get a little bit of the scares and I say scares but I mean I, there was I, I will admit this game did did make me jump once and I'm sure everybody knows which part that is. It's when you're Sorry, un- it's when you're underwater. Underwater. Oh yeah. And you you turn a corner and there's oh. that dead body and it goes. <laughs> like yes. that. that got me. It got See, me. Yeah. Go ahead. That would have got me, but I was so focused on like my air bubbles. I was running out of air. Yeah. And so I was just looking at that, trying to calculate if I had enough air. So I I heard the sound, but I didn't even see the body. Yeah. God, <laughs> there's, there's, there's some really classic cheese in it. Like when you talk about the when you, the the game first starts and your intro it to it is you're on a on a helicopter watching other helicopters fly in. Yeah, which is a, you know great moment. And also, um, you're talking about the abandoned buildings at the beginning of the game, Drew. Uh, one of the first ones you go into, you hear children laughing and uh, and a, and a, a toy ball bounces down this. There slowly in front of you. That was a that, yeah, yeah. That that set me a bit on edge. But the, this it, it does like it scares, doesn't it? Yeah, they. I mean, it, at the beginning, and then that little part right there, and there was a few others like the teleport guys. They were mm. they they kind of scared you a little bit. But after that, you kind of just just go shoot some dudes, you know. And so it's it's one of those. I don't know. It, it 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 lost that feeling about halfway through for me. Um, yeah, granted, I mean, it definitely had some of those elements, but it didn't embrace it and really try to make a scary game. Yeah, and see, I, I played with a headset on, so I had the whole surround sound thing going, and it was actually really quiet underwater. And when it did the like the the dead body, if it was just a dead body that popped up, I mean, I, it wouldn't have scared me. But they just had to do the, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 I, was, I was like, God. <laughs> 
totally forgot about that. So it was it, <laughs> it did make me jump a little bit. So did you I, play it in the dark? No, I, I think I played. Yeah, I did play it at night though. Um, but I had my light on. It was. It, it, I wasn't really trying to get immersed in it. Like if I were if I were to play like Outlast or uh, uh, you know Amnesia or something like that. It was. I didn't. I wasn't trying to get scared. <laughs> And what were you wearing as you played it? Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! As I as I always do. Yeah. If I'm going to soil myself, I don't want to ruin a good pair of pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got yeah, I've got plastic over my my chair here and everything just in case. So, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the um, but the, so they ha- they have the horror elements. But anyway, after we 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 get past this part, we meet back up with Nolan North, hey, Nathan Drake. I was gonna call him Nathan Drake from now on. We meet back up with him, which that's another thing. We had multiple helicopters dropping guys off there. Where are these yes. other guys? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Me and Nolan North are I, the I only ones here. <laughs> they all died. That's it. They all died because he did a another typically panicked. I, all my men are dead. You've got to meet me here. Something, something. Ready communication at the beginning. Wow, these these guys must be badasses because yeah. that's or we're training very bad marines. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, the Spanish army lowered its IQ requirement to seventy <laughs> uh, because they didn't have enough soldiers, which isn't terribly high. I'm sure they're still lovely people and deserving of love. But I wouldn't want them in charge of multi-million dollar technological equipment. That's... An IQ of 70 drone pilot is a bad idea. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> God, I'm just going through situations in my head now, but I don't want to do that. So, um, but yeah, we, we run back into him and, uh, well, is it before or at? It's before. Um, because we're start, we're talking to him on the radio. He's giving the whole spiel of, oh man, all my guys are dead. You know, we need to evac immediately. <laughs> You know, Oscar Mike. Um, but uh, during he does this, say that, doesn't he? I, I think he does say Oscar Mike at one time. What does, what does that mean? It means on the move. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> just there's some pe- peculiar going back to the Civil War rule in the American military that every body, every squad has to have somebody called Oscar Mike in it. Yeah, Oscar Mike for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie, that's the bad guys. <laughs> Yeah, we're going after Charlie today. <laughs> so, but Charlie just kind of throws his pl- plate on the floor, not again, <laughs> and runs out of the best <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, so uh, but before we meet back up with Nolan North, um, uh, something happens. Something something pretty crazy happens. So we've we've already seen all these monsters running around and stuff like that. We don't know really what's going on, and we're in this main kind of like main hallway that comes into like the a bunch of offices and things like that and there's a big statue of joseph stalin um which okay makes sense sure and it has his name underneath it in case you haven't you don't know who that person is yeah which i think is very useful <laughs> yeah and, and it's in english for some reason <laughs> yes that's, 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 um... oh don't get me started i'll i'll, I'll rant about that later yeah. So, so, so there's every note is written in English. Yet, when you have objectives pop up, they use Russian letters in it. I, every this, every this, R is back. I like it when they it. 
and show you like an American word, just the backwards R's. Yeah. So like that's pretty rough enough. <laughs> but, but this is this is what I wanted to talk about. Okay, deep breath, deep breath. Don't get angry. All right. Because <laughs> actually, so the backwards R and the backwards N have totally different sounds in Russian. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it would be you, we recognize it, but it would be like putting a Japanese or, an, or a Chinese character in there. Um, and there's actually on Wikipedia there's a section called faux Cyrillic, where they just explain how this all goes on. But as as you said, Drew, that not only are the signs in English, sometimes they have signs that are in Russian at the top, and then in English at the bottom, but with the gibberish letters in. And so I'm not quite sure who they're writing for. And it's just how much how much research did you do on this fucking game? <laughs> And I, it just really annoyed me. And at some point, I had to think, okay, I'm I'm playing a time time traveling super soldier. I need to let this go. <laughs> just realism doesn't count anymore. I just, I, I can't figure this out. They all speak English. Why would Russians in 1955 record an audio log in English? I don't know. <laughs> I can't in, understand. Just in case, maybe some American guy will come, <laughs> if, you know, 50 years later and find this. Oh, he needs to repair it first with a time machine glove. Yes. So, <laughs> I don't but, I don't know. But to be fair in the game, they you know how people say that the animus in Assassin's Creed is a fantastic way to explain bugs because if anything goes wrong, it's the animus. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In the same way, this game has the best explanation for random health packs that I've ever seen, which is the scientist that you meet later, he says, "Yeah, I went back in time and left the ship for you in case you turned up." <laughs> and then it's just like, "Yeah, that makes sense." You put all these health packs around randomly because you figured I'd be coming back at some point. Job done. Best thing about the game. Let's just end the show right now. That's the... <laughs> wow. I haven't. I didn't really even go into much thought about it while I was playing it. I was just like, fuck well, it, health it pack. It took you four hours. Yeah, it took me four hours. I didn't have enough time to think of a health pack. Even though I, I time reversed everything, even though I had full health. I would I would have like just I would have one peg of my health gone and I would use a full I would wrap my arm like I do every time. Yeah. Apparently I get shot in the arm every time. Yeah. Only in that wrist. Yeah, only in that wrist. And I would grab a full health pack and then, okay, now I'm good to go even though I won't use this ever. So, yeah, there were quite a few health packs in this game. I overall I didn't think it was a very hard game. Uh I thought they they kept me full of everything I possibly needed. You never run out of ammo because you can always just buy it at every every little store that pops up. Yeah. yeah this is another thing I don't understand. Why on a military base would you ask soldiers to buy ammunition? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, th- this game has a lot of... Like, I think it's, it's a well-made game. Uh, the shooting feels very good, I think. But a lot of these extra things either don't make sense or just weren't thought out all the way. Or just say, uh, fuck it, it's a video game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's kind of my final impression of the game, you know, not not to jump ahead, but it, it was a fun game, but... In, in terms of insight, I think that's pretty fundamental and basic, that yes, this is a video game. I'm not sure yeah. we need to record this show <laughs> for you to state what the object is. Yeah. It's, I don't know. be on the hook a little bit more, though, because... As okay of a game as this is, there's a lot of little inconsistencies and weirdnesses that, you know, when I when I reminisce about it and think about it, it just kind of rub me a little bit the wrong way. Well, I mean, if you were, if you really want to dive into that thing, that that kind of mentality, then 
think about Bioshock, which is freaking, you know, world renowned. You know, everybody loves it. Reviewers absolutely loved it. But there's vending machines, literal vending machines, where you buy ammo. Why would there be vending machines that you buy machine gun bullets for? Well, they, at least in Bioshock, by the way, I, sorry, I, we, we should mention at some point that the whole purpose of the game is you get a thing on your wrist that allows you to rewind and fast forward time. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting to that, but we're getting into so, so much juicy gossip about this oh, game. Juicy gossip. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about juicy gossip, uh, there's a woman in the game. Yes. Uh, who doesn't look at you. Never. She, no, she's one of your main compatriots, so she doesn't look at you. And I think she's actually blind and is just pretending to be able to see. So she's approximating where your voice is, but she can't get it quite right. Yeah. I don't, you know, I actually had a problem with her um, kind of early on whenever I met her. But all right, so let's get in a little bit more exposition real, real quickly. So, so, there's, so there's one thing that happens uh, that changes everything. You know how they say... When you go back in time, don't touch anything. Don't change anything because it can affect the future. Right? The butterfly effect. <laughs> the butterfly effect. There you go. So yeah. what happens is while we're still separated from Nolan North and a blast of time wave, I don't know what it's called, we get transported to 1955 where the whole building is on fire. It's coming down. People are dying. Bad things are happening. And there is a man that we run into where he is about to fall to the second floor and have stuff crush him. So being the good Americans that we are, we grab him and bring him up to save him. Well, he was supposed to die in that fire. Well, to be fair, to be fair, Renko did get instructions on his screen saying save the man. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's true. In, in, in backwards R's. <laughs> so he's more of a good soldier than a good American. Yeah. Just following orders. Just following orders. That's how we get away with anything. So um, so we saved the guy. And we'll come to find out that was a bad thing. Yeah, oops. <laughs> because he then turns into the fucking ruler of the world almost. And um, Russia kind of takes over the entire world because of him. He advances the technology of using E99. And uh, technology advances far beyond anybody else. Uh, for, for Russia and uh, mm -hmm. Russia, you know, during the Cold War, Russia decides we're going to take over everybody, and they took they even took over the United States. I wonder because if they it, solved their bathroom issues. I sure hope so. Oh, is that because like they have European style toilets in the game, or Chinese style toilets? Did it? Did either of you paid? Sorry, E ninety nine is a super fuel that also allows you to manipulate time. Uh, incre create incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful weapons, and also do things like make crops grow. So it's it is the 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 kind of all encompassing, you know, thing that allows the man who controls it to, to rule everything. Um, but did anybody else notice that the toilets were the hole in the ground type? I did notice that actually. I thought we were in a prison for a minute there. <laughs> um, uh, I've 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 used one of those loops before. And uh, I didn't particularly enjoy it. I, I, I wouldn't either. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't imagine so. That's no. yeah, that's kind of how cavemen poop. But <laughs> but, you know. but it's very good for. Um, I, apparently, when we sit on toilets, 
in our kind of upright seating position, it's not very good for evacuation. It puts all sort of stress on us. So squatting yeah. is actually much better for us. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever read this called Pooping 2.0? I, I it's, think... it's a weird little thing on the internet where you're supposed to like bring a bucket surely, to the toilet. Surely it should be pooping minus two. Yeah. Yeah. It should because be back, it... to, back to the original. Yeah. Not 2.0. It's not yeah. an advancement. We're going back. It's Amish pooping. <laughs> they actually, I mean, uh, on the subject of, of shitting, um, there, is, there, is, there is actually a, uh, I don't know if it's one of those as seen on TV kind of deals, but there is actually a device that you can connect, you can buy and connect to your toilet, and it actually raises your feet up so you're actually squatting while you're sitting down at the toilet. So first of all, I want to apologize to the Amish people. I don't actually know how to get to the loo. And that was the crude and generalization. And also, why not just buy a stool That's, instead of getting a yeah, device? Because, exactly. you know, hey, make hay while the sun still shines, right? So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's stupid. It's... <laughs> when, when, when you started saying you connect it, I didn't know what you're going to say next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just do it standing up. Yeah. You shove a, a pipe vacuum up cleaner. your ass, <laughs> and you vacuum the shit out. So, it's like a vacuum suck from Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah, you go. Um, sorry, you were talking. What were you talking? Yes, the man who took over the world. Yes. Yeah. Demichev. 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 Mustache man. That's what I like to call him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> kind of ruthless. Um, he yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, he took over uh, the world and. The thing is, is that everybody kind of knows of their presence now. So when we first went to the island, it was completely abandoned. Nobody was there. There was no resistance whatsoever. Well, after we changed the past mm. and then inadvertently changed the future, when we come back to the future, everything. Great Scott! Overboard. <laughs> Sleep with your mum. There yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. But so, what ends up happening? Jesus Christ. So what? <laughs> what ends up happening is is that that everybody kind of knows what's going on. They know that we time traveled, and we know where we came from. So now they know how to get to us. So Dimitrov and his soldiers, his, his super soldiers of of. Neo-Nazis is what they kind of look like. Mm. Hell gas. There we go. They're space yeah. Nazis. We'll just do that. <laughs> space Nazis. Wait, I have a little question. Maybe, maybe I'm just having a brain fart, but how does he know that anything happened in the future? Because as far as Demichev knows, he just got saved, and that was just somebody that was there the whole time. I do not know. Presumably, right? Sorry, say that, say that again? So, I mean, we know that Demichev would died normally – and then never becomes the ruler of Russia. But as yeah. far as he knows, he just got saved and there was no alternate future. So how does he know anybody came back in the past? Because Renko didn't – did he have the TM, – he didn't have the TMD at that point. No. So it's no, not but... like he had a sign that he was from the future, right? <laughs> well, no, he was wearing different gear. Yeah. I, I and mean, he had an American accent. Yeah. Sure, but Americans different. existed in 1955. Yeah, but yeah, what but were they doing the next, on the... Yeah, on Katorga 12 in the middle of a fire wearing obviously futuristic gear and he's been experimenting with time stuff. Yeah. 
yeah. I don't know. I maybe, mean, maybe that's enough of an explanation. If if you try and get into it, I mean, if you want to talk about the ultimate <laughs> time travel stuff, I mean, think about Back to the Future. And at the end of Back to the Future one, Doc comes to Marty and says, "We got to go to the future because there's something that's going to happen with your kids." Um, you just fixed it, Doc, because you just told us that something's going to happen in the future. Yeah. So let's just Don't. make sure it doesn't happen. But instead, but, he t- kidnaps them, takes them to the future. They shouldn't exist. Oh, this is getting too deep for me now. I mean, think about it. So if I jump into a time machine right now and yeah. go to, to I don't know, 2020, mm. and when I arrive in 2020, everybody's going to be like, Drew Leachman, that guy disappeared back in 2014. We don't know where the hell he is. Everybody's well, depending gonna... on your theory of time travel. I mean, there's a lot of different theories here. No, I, th- I think I think a seven year gap or a six year gap isn't long enough. Because for six years you can just go backpacking. Oh, yeah, where, where are you from? Yeah, I think twenty like twenty one fifteen or something. Then oh. yeah, but, but six but... years six years is account you can account for six years. Well, that's true. <laughs> just, I got kidnapped and I they finally that, released me. <laughs> I think Back to the Future, based on a six-year timeline, would have been incredibly different. It would have been made a trilogy. <laughs> Well, that's true. So, I, I, yeah, but I'm just saying, in in that sense, I mean, we in can't. That sense. You can't. You can't really. <clears throat> you can't really judge it on that. You just gotta kind of go for the ride. Because if yeah. you start thinking about it, then you start saying the Back to the Future is horrible. And then if you say Back to the Future is horrible, then you're a bad person. You are a bad person. I mean, I think that. But well, two things. Don't forget that Eric Stoltz was originally Marty McFly. Yes. Um. So what Doc Brown should have done is said, Marty, come quickly. Eric is in the sequel. <laughs> um, and then also, you know, going back to the idea, this is kind of a dumb shooter with some interesting elements in, in it. It isn't, you know, it's no Bioshock in the sense that they haven't spent the time or it doesn't seem like they spent the time thinking about the ramifications of this, as was clear when you finished Bioshock Infinite, that obviously the team had spent a lot of time thinking about the nature of time travel and philosophy and so on. Right. So it's a, it's a very different beast in that sense. Yeah. That's um, I don't and know. That's I, probably why it wasn't as well regarded, and now they're making Call of Duty games. This is this may be true. I just don't. I don't think this game was marketed. I think that was his biggest problem. Which Activision's good at that. Activision only markets Skylanders and Call of Duty. So I mean, that's that's uh, that's the publisher's problem right there. Um. Sorry, I was going to I was going to digress again, but I suspect I've done more than that than is usual on your show, so I better yeah, yeah, this better is, this be is, quiet for a little bit. This is this is our this is this is our show. We can do whatever the hell we want. So if you want to digress, digress, man. That's that's a dangerous thing to tell me. Um, <laughs> but you but you were so De, so Demichev is the big bad guy who basically uh, there's there's a weapons research program or an E99 research program by a guy, guy called Barisov who is the good scientist, and he wants to use his, uh, this new technology for growing crops and, and improving the world. Uh, and throughout the notes that you find in the game, you understand that Demichev is basically always trying to use this research for bad, bad things. And in the, when you save him at the beginning of the game, you then set the seed for him taking over the world later on. Yes. Uh, when... When are you introduced to Barisov? Barisov. It's after we meet up with the woman, and I can't remember her name. The blind one. The blind woman. Yeah. I mean, she's not, she's, um, Catherine. It may be Catherine. I don't know. 
she she is Catherine. I, we're going to call her Catherine. It may not be it, but that's what we're going to call fine. her. Yeah, she is a part of a resistance um, going against the Russian government, um, and she she meets up with Barisov, and uh, he explains to her what actually happened. Uh, some guy from the future mm. came in because he, he, he knows a lot about what happened, you know, and. He's like, well, we can fix this. We can send the guy back and fix this stuff. So it's one of those, you screwed up. Now we got to go back and fix it. Now we mm. got to figure out a way to fix it. Mm. And uh, the first thing, first order of business is trying to get to Barisov, um, which Catherine helps us do. Um, that helps us, as in, in air quotes. Um, she's not very competent with a gun. <laughs> No, she's, she's blind. Not. She's Don't blind. Give her I know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give the blind woman a gun, please. So, uh, <laughs> but th- there is actually one section I have to mention. This um, it, it was a technical problem. There was a section where I was getting chased by the teleport guys, which I should mention. There was one part where you're walking through this kind of caged-in area, and this these teleport monsters, are, you know, they're trying to scare you and stuff like that. And there was a, the kind of a jump scare there, which I knew it was coming, but. I it didn't make me jump, but anyway, so we're getting chased by these teleport guys, me and her, and she's shooting them. Um, and there's a part where there's a door locked, and she stands at the door. And what I'm guessing is these guys keep coming until I kill them all, and then she opens the door, and then we move on to the next section. Well, they kept coming. She never opened the door. I ran out of ammo. They kept coming. They wouldn't stop spawning. So she never opened the door. And I was like, well, I'm out of ammo. I don't have any more TMD power. I can't kill these guys. So I just had to stand there and let them kill me so I could restart the last checkpoint. Hmm. That was really annoying. Yeah. Um, And after that, I made sure she opened the door this time and then turned it off and said, I'm not going to play anymore today. I really hated the game at the beginning. For a number of reasons. The first one was the, the sign thing, which we've, we've gone over in detail. But also, there was this section you have to go through where you're introduced to liquid nitrogen canisters. Uh-huh. And if you shoot them, they explode and they freeze people. And uh, there are all these monsters that drop down, and you're supposed to shoot the canisters to kill them. But I didn't have quite enough ammo. And when you're. And because of the, the cam kind of the field of view it's easy to get stuck on objects or not be able to jump over objects you think you should be able to and so i got repeatedly swarmed by them uh, and it was incredibly annoying I, I think i tried it five or six times i finally figured out how to do it but that was also the point i realized that there was no on the fly adjustable difficulty mm. which seems to be a, a real oversight for a first person shooter yeah um because honestly if if it hadn't been for the knowledge that I had to come on and talk about the show, I probably <laughs> would have stopped playing at that point. That's what Phoenix Down does. It makes you finish games, whether you <laughs> like it or not. Yeah. So, I had one tiny little problem in the beginning of the game. It was more just something I laughed at. But the, right in the first main room where you see Stalin's head, and then you come back, and then later on it's Demichev. Demichev? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then... Beyond that, there are a couple of points with projectors, and they project little movies. Yeah. Mm. I just thought it was really funny that it is very clearly an old-school projector that's projecting onto a wall. But if you walk in front of the projector, 
Yes. Nothing happens. Like it's not. It, it is not actually projecting out of that projector. It's just playing on the wall, like the wall is a TV. Yeah, I noticed that as well. I mean, but time travel. Time travel. Yeah. <laughs> time. Time powers. I, I, mean, I don't know. It's essentially irrelevant to the game, but I was like, why would you make it a projector and then? I mean, if I see a projector and I walk in front of it, I expect to block the projection. Uh, no, I completely agree. I also, actually, before I came on, I actually went and looked at old Soviet propaganda cartoons to see how like the ones they had in the game were. <laughs> because it felt very much like... And they weren't that dissimilar, but watching them, it felt very much they'd kind of lifted stuff from the style from Fallout. Yeah. And, and yeah. put it into this. But Fallout is all about Americana. Hmm. Um, which kind of felt a bit weird in a game about, you know, the the, <laughs> the Soviets. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's they tried yeah. they tried to throw in a multiple things and they all kind of fell flat. Um, mm-hmm. The um, the that one was kind th- of another issue I had with this game. What? It's just so I don't know. It, basically, it's a time travel game. Okay. But why is there the need to throw monsters into it? <sighs> And then to just a... to say, oh, radiation, no, oh, that causes monsters, so there you go. Wait, in what sense is it a time... So, let's get serious for a second here. Okay. In what sense is it a time travel game? Because it, the idea of... The, the plot is time travel-led, but the only kind of barely is the actual gameplay affected by time travel. Yeah, yeah I, just that it goes kind of in and out. Like there are some times where you're in a room and you go through those little wormholes, and then okay. you're in the same room but fifty, sixty years ago. I and like now, some that barely affects any of the puzzles, if, so, if you want to call them puzzles. I, I see what you mean. I think that so the puzzles in the game are you a typical typical one would be um, there is a, a a gate you can't get through or a, like a, a garage door that you can't lift. And so what you do is you find a crumpled crate uh, and then you put it under the garage door because you have a gravity gun type thing and you you use your your time manipulation device, your TMD, on that crate. The crate will pop back into its new state and force the the garage door up. And that's basically how it deals with physics puzzles and time time travel. But that that felt, in gameplay terms, that didn't feel meaningful. It felt it could have been achieved by any un- any other number of explanations. Yeah, right. The, the, and the time travel plot made sense, but you know, it's the the, the most interesting thing about the game in, for me in terms of minute. Well, for ex- also the other thing you can do is they make a big deal out of being able to age soldiers, enemy soldiers, so so they crumble to dust in front of you. Yeah, but functionally that's the same thing as shooting them. Yeah, I yeah. never used. I didn't use any TMD powers throughout this entire game. Didn't you even use the 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 sphere, the time sphere? I mean, I had to use the ones that required it, obviously, like yeah. where you had to go through blades and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There, there was there was the times where you had to use it, but as far as oh, I got a big corridor of guys here, I shot them. So, what it I was did you reverted the, them. The one... so, sorry, John. I apologize. Uh, I was just. I was going to say that if you reverted one of them, they would turn into monsters who would then attack the other soldiers, which was kind yeah. of cool. But then you had a monster to deal with. It, it, it was, no, that was cool. So you can mutate them so they they become kind of rogue agents. Then they attack anything that is making a sound. 
And I yeah. did clear a level using any of those monsters, one kind of section at a dock, and that was fun. But kind of two peculiarities is that when you're, you know, if I was a soldier and I'm fighting a guy and suddenly the guy to my left either turns into a monster or he crumbles and does before my eyes, I think I would freak out a little bit. None of the guys <laughs> in the game did. They, they just didn't react. Yeah. Um, Maybe Demichev told them all what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he said he'd come back and save them later. But the most, the single most interesting thing about the game was this power, which is this bubble, which it's a, it's, it's a sphere. And so in certain levels, you can see that it affects uh, both the, the floor you're in, and it'll go through the ceiling and affect the floor above. So the whole sphere takes place. Anything in that sphere slows down tremendously. Mm-hmm. To the point of almost being stationary, yeah. and and projectiles and bullets entering that sphere slow down as they do so. So what you can do, one of the kind of the best thing about the game for me is Drew. You said when you saw a corridor of people, you didn't shoot, you just shot them. Yeah. What I would do is uh, throw the sphere down, have it go up, freeze all the soldiers, and then walk around and effectively fire, line up my shots and fire them into the bubble. Um, so they were moving very slowly and then get rid of the bubble and the bullets would all from different angles kill the soldiers all at once that's actually kind of cool and you, what you yeah. could also do is um, uh, when you use a sniper rifle I said before you can slow time down you can, because they model every bullet coming out, you can set up the bubble, zoom in, slow time and then watch the, the bullet come out of your sniper rifle and see the back of the casing and watch it spiral towards the bubble. You can also blow people up in it. So if you if you headshot them when they're in the bubble, you see uh, the blood spurts from the head, or their limbs come off. Um, and so that's that's brilliant. But that was the most interesting thing about the game for me. And, and yeah, I agree. Know, the, the combat was hands down the best part of this game. Yeah, and but nothing else was really. It, it would make a good short story, but it wasn't meaningful in, in any other way apart from the story, I don't think, the time travel stuff. Well, I mean, right. the, well, that, But that's my problem going back to what, <laughs> what Drew said, it, or at least what I, what I take from what you said, which is that they kind of ham-fisted too many things into the story. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I bring in the monsters saying, oh, they don't really need the monsters because they never really explored the things that they did put in. So like the, mm-hmm. the time manipulation I thought was way underdeveloped Yeah. because mm-hmm. here, here you've got this weapon that's aging and de-aging things, but okay, if I have this weapon, I should never have a problem with a door again. So yes. clearly in the game, there are, there are safes that you just age into dust and then get whatever is in the safe. So I should never have a blocked door in this game for the rest of the game. Because any door, I should just be able to age if I can do that to any safe door that they want me to do it to. And also, it, the, the logic there is a little bit like the logical problem with the movie Gremlins. Like, you, you're aging and de-aging things? Like, alright, that that's to me like, oh, you can't feed a gremlin after midnight, but you know, that that's not really a thing. I'm it, sorry, what? <laughs> I've never so, thought about this before. You, you know the movie Gremlins, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't feed them after midnight. That that's sort saying? of an arbitrary time. Well, because it's like, always midnight somewhere. Yeah, it's always midnight somewhere. And what does yeah. that mean? Well, what if you take them to a different country? Is it midnight? You know, it's just a thing that wasn't really thought out all the way. But it just sounds cool. Don't feed them after midnight. Well, just don't feed them at night. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> right, <laughs> this is I, the most specific anti-Gremlins comment I've ever heard, by the way. And I, I love the movie Gremlins, but that logic doesn't make any sense. It's like it's half baked. 
in the same way that I've got this age gun, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm de-aging something. Okay, it, that should maybe be a sliding scale. Do I de-age it five minutes? Do I de-age it back until the point where it's just raw metals? But no, so it's always plus or minus. This thing is aged or it's not aged. Yeah. And it doesn't really make sense in that way because if I keep de-aging it, does the paint come off of it before it was painted? <laughs> and like, I, I just felt like it was too binary. It wasn't explored fully. And so, like, to the point where there are only limited things that you can interact with. Again, you can't you can't de-age or, or age any door you encounter into dust. The same way the main one of the main things that you age in this game or fix by de-aging are broken stairwells. Yeah. So not only can you not do this to other things, but there are numerous stairwells in the game that are broken that you cannot fix because they don't want you to. Because that's a point where once you drop down off of the stairwell, you've reached a new section and they don't want you to backtrack. So I, I, could, I agree with everything that you say. I'm going to be contrarian just for the hell of it. Sure. Um, so they say in the, in the story that only stuff made with E99 infused metal can be affected. So that's the narrative get out. But it is incredibly proscribed. It's full of, st- you know, one of the things I like to do in a game is shoot bottles and objects on desks to see if I can affect them or not. Um, and as you say, there's a lot of st- stuff in this game you can't interact with. It's incredibly proscribed. Uh, but I suspect what they're doing is you can you can de-age it back to the point that the warranty ended. <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of works. Um, but what I did, talking, nice segue here, this is... This is professional podcasting. Yeah. What I like to do is I, I like to walk around and I, I pinged every phone I came across. Yeah. And you, could, and you could also, there were pictures on the wall which you could, um, uh, if they were broken, you could turn them back to the original state and read them. But there were also just pictures in the game that were just scenery. And, I, and you can actually write them, which is fantastic. You can align them correctly. Um, and I thought I would get an achievement for pinging telephones and aligning pictures, but I didn't. <laughs> In a way, so a like in, a in Blue Dragon. In sorry, Blue sorry, Dragon. That's, oh, sorry. Can I get this one? I'm sorry, yeah, Matt. Sure. The other thing is the, the, the first foyer you go into, um, there's a microphone you can interact with, and then a speaker starts pl- starts playing, which I thought was a bit weird. Um, but in Blue Dragon... Uh, yeah, one last tiny digression. But in, in Blue Dragon, every time you're inspecting a barrel or whatever, there's a chance that you get a nothing. And then there's a guy... There's a, There's a place in the game where you can redeem those nothings to get gifts or, or whatever. You get you get some kind of treasure out of it. Yeah. In this game, yeah, I, I thought it was strange that there's all these things that you interact with, like the phones and <laughs> and, and, and oscilloscopes and all these little things yes. that beep and boop, and they, but they don't do anything. <laughs> no. I, they don't do anything. There's no point <laughs> to interact with all these little things. I mean, there's multiple things in this game that, that got to me. The fact that I can pick up ammo by just walking over it, or I can look at it and hit the X button to pick it up. I'm just like, why would you give me that option? Why don't you just have me walk over it? Oh. Well, I think you'll find that in the future, uh, U.S. military experience, experiments with chips chips with chimps give soldiers opposable toes oh good yeah so they that's how they're picking them up i can't wait well technically this happens in the past because we're in 2014 this takes place in 2010 of course ah they maybe exist and they're (laughs) hiding in this in plain sight exactly quick (laughs) off with their shoes yes take your shoes off take them off now anyway (laughs) so um God, where did we? Leave? Where the hell did we leave off? Okay, so um, 
But yeah, the, the, there's the one thing I do want to mention is that we get some story early on in the game yeah. and a whole bunch of shooting dudes, and then we get a shitload of story at the very end. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, why couldn't you spread this shit out a little bit, you know? So it's mainly it's like blue dragon it's like blue dragon yeah perfect example actually we didn't get nothing at the beginning that's true all the story was in the end Nene's a bad guy the end land well, sharks after. land sharks oh no so blue dragon is also the brand of uh, a chinese noodle company in the uk oh nice mm. are, are they tasty at least no not particularly i don't know <laughs> that blue dragon wasn't as tasty either yeah it was okay <laughs> but so, um yeah, this story was all the butter on one half of the piece of bread yeah it was it's just it it seemed like all right so we have story then we have to shoot some guys <laughs> and then we get into the middle and we're like well we need to get it's always we need to get somewhere mm-hmm. it's it's always all right well we're, we're going to the tower all right because we have to get something all right well the tower we made it to the tower but then something bad happened now we got to get over here we got to go find this guy now, and I'm just like, come on, just just tell me something, you know? <laughs> We're always going somewhere, so it's um, it, it, so yeah. But eventually, so we finally get the the TMD the the E99 power glove, um, and it has those special powers. Personally, and this is just me, I want my knife back. I don't want the burst that comes yes, out. Yes, yep, because that knife was effective as hell. You, that, that burst is not. You're talking about the, 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 the fact that basically they take away your infinite melee ability and replace it with a melee that's dependent on having energy. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not as powerful. No. Mm, that was the first thing I upgraded in this game, though. Because I didn't want to run out of ammo and not have any options. So the very first thing I upgraded was that burst or blast or whatever it's called. Mm. Mm. I... I when I realized that burst was crap, I said, well, I'm just going to make myself a walking tank. So I just upgraded all my health and the uh, carrying capacity of the health packs and the efficiency of the health packs. That's, I think that's actually a real indictment on the gameplay that they, they've given you a game where it's physics-based, they want you to experiment, and then they, they, they're design choices have forced you as a player to basically do the opposite of that. Yeah. Which is not a good sign. I, you know, that was the, at least whenever you're like aging things in the environment, like at least it wasn't taking energy from me whenever I wanted to listen to in and a broken, you know, audio log, mm. you know, I could Plus hit it, it recharged, but very, very slowly. Yeah. And then there's an ability later on that you can get that recharges your health too. you regenerate health. Slowly, though. Um, and you, every kill you get gives you health. Um, I yeah, I remember... Do you remember the insects in the game? Yeah, I hated those. Those were the yeah. things I hated the most. So, in, in the, There are these little bugs that come out of uh, kind of egg sacs on the wall. You can destroy the egg sacs and the bugs swarm you and they're small and they're hard to shoot. But in the, the kind of loading screen or the, the tip section for the game, it says that... Uh, Something like if you throw these bugs at people or if you kind of age them, they'll, they'll fight on your behalf, right? Right. But there was never a situation when I had the bugs and the people at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I just – that was a 
like a tool set I never got to use. Yeah. But that they, they just, uh. I hate anyway. those things. Why is it that in a game where you're fighting monsters, there's always a small monster that is fast that will explode if it gets to you? There's always one of those. It's yeah, it's it's another version of the red barrel, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's a moving red barrel. It's a kamikaze red barrel. Mm. So, I mean, it's 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 dumb and I, I really hated those things. That that was the things that gave me the most trouble. Um I didn't die from them, but I got very close to dying and used up eight health packs running through them. It was one of those things where I'm like, "Screw it, I'm just going to power through this" and just kept running and hitting yeah. the, hitting the heal button over and over again. There are also the equivalent of uh, traps in the game where the, the conceit is that these plants have mutated or actually that they're kind of using the E99 to develop biological or organic weapons. So they have a plant that acts as a booby trap. Yeah. Um, and you can use your, your melee, your force push to, to explode guys. When it's upgraded, you can actually just – you hit them and they'll just burst. Their limbs will fly everywhere. And uh, you can – shoot locks so use it to kind of break locks on on uh, uh doors boxes and so on yeah. doors uh, but you can't use it to, to destroy a plant and so you have to waste ammo to get rid of those booby traps yeah and that was kind of an, another annoying thing but one thing that is cool actually thinking about that bubble is i had there was this staircase i had to walk down there were these trip lines all over it the plant trip lines and i didn't want to waste my ammo so i set a bubble down on the staircase case and i jumped into it and that slowed my the arc of my jump just long enough to kind of float over the, the traps <laughs> Which, now i don't know if that was intentional if they wanted me to do that but it's pretty cool but there wasn't there was not really a chance to explore that kind of stuff in the game in the gameplay space yeah so the the, the last thing that i had a problem with i'll just go ahead and just mention that and the part where I thought I was going to die, but I didn't. Um, it was whenever you go into the the poison gas area, mm. I had to put on the mask, and you have to constantly be grabbing um, the oxygen tanks. And this got on my nerves. I, I wasn't having a problem, but then I ran into the part where you have to hit a button, oh, and yes. the door opens, yep. and you have to use the bubble to <laughs> freeze the time. That was the only problem I had in this whole game. That's the problem I had with the game because I didn't know that that window didn't have glass in it. Yeah, me either. And the thing I was doing is the first thing I tried was to shoot the bubble through the window, but that didn't work it for didn't some work. reason. Yeah, that's the thing. It because didn't work. You have to get it up to like it, – it, it takes a second before like that bubble becomes um, permanent that you're holding mm. on to it because then you can – once you make that bubble permanent, you can walk around and do other things. Or you can just kind of temporarily flash it. So I kept trying to flash it and throw it, and that didn't work. But if you make it permanent, you can then throw it through the window. And then you can hit it. I kept trying to run around the corner and then shoot it. Never worked. Never even really got that close. (laughs) Yeah, I did too. And that was the thing. I almost ran out of oxygen. Um, The problem was was that I did not realize that that window was windowless. It was just a big hole because I tried it. I made the bubble. I threw it at the door, but then it hit – an invisible wall or something. I, I don't know what it was. And the bubble kind of just opened up in front of me. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So yeah. I guess this is glass. So I'm going to have to run around and throw it. And I swear I tried it at least 20 times. And yeah, I was like, I the same thing. you've got to be kidding me. And then finally I was like, and so I, I just pulled out a machine gun and started shooting. I was like, maybe I have to shoot the glass. 
And I'm like, the bullets are going through it. There is no glass here. What the hell's going on? You have to angle it just freaking perfectly to, to, to yeah. have it hit there. And I'm like, ugh, it was so annoying. I was I, That was the one part I was like, God, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, me too. That was the only part in the whole game. And then I realized I wasn't doing anything wrong. The game was doing it wrong. Yeah. So and to be fair, there are a lot of invisible walls in this game. Oh, yeah. I ran into I mean, a lot of them. It's, it's kind of amazing that we all had a problem with that section, but they didn't pick it up in game testing. I don't Just, know. <laughs> I mean, did, did either of you have flashbacks to other games when you were playing this? As far as gameplay standpoint, or anything, or do you, sorry, this this is a bit of a, an involved thing that I wanted to mention. Or do you want to go back to the the the, the plot? No, no, no. no. Or, just, or the, the pinata has exploded now, and it's all <laughs> the form no, has been totally lost. It, it doesn't matter. In fact, I like this form better. So this may be this may be future Phoenix Down episodes. We're just gonna start start talking, and like, hey, you remember when we talked about it when we shat that time? Yeah. We need, we need to lift our knees up when we shoot, you know. It's it's, it's shit like that. So we're okay. yeah, we're just we're totally gonna just. <laughs> I mean, whatever. So you want to know if this game reminded me of any other game? Yeah, not just you, of course. Yeah, you, Matt as well. Matt as well. Yeah, yeah. You are, what do you think? You are Charlie Big Bananas. Yes, absolutely. I, am. <laughs> I um, I mean, yeah, I did get a Bioshock vibe from this. Um. It, to me, it was generic first-person shooter. Yeah, it just felt like generic first-person shooter to me. Yeah, yeah, it's its own brand food, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the the one thing I do have to give it, and this is something that I hate about Halo. I like Halo, but I hate the fact that you can't aim down the sights of the gun. Mm. At least this game lets you do that. Yep, it does that. Why do you? Why does Master Chief always fire at the hip? He would. He, he'd be a horrible shot. Well, I'm sure there's 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 uh, there's uh, fan fiction out there. Well, no, there'll be official Halo books that address that. I suspect Halo fan fiction is something quite different. Yeah, I'm sure his visors readjusting his aiming form or whatever, <laughs> some some stupid shit like that. But anyway, um, but Matt, what, did, it, did it make you remind you of anything? Uh, I I mean, just, again, just generic first person shooter. I got a little bit of a Bioshock vibe, but since I have not finished that game. If anything from the end of this game is similar to the end of Bioshock, then I would not have picked up on that. No, it has nothing. There's not even close. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, but just in general, using the using the different powers in addition to gunplay felt Bioshocky to me. Um, so to give you some context, the, the the evening I started playing this, I hadn't slept very well, and I was quite hungry. So neither of those things are good for you because you, you, you kind of feel a bit queasy. But actually, I, I had two major thoughts on the first evening I played this. One is that I should probably stop playing first-person shooters, and the other one is that I think this game is making me feel ill, physically mm. ill. Okay. So now, before over the last few months, I haven't played any first-person shooters. I over Before Christmas, I was playing GTA V, which, although, of course, it's got shooting in its an open-world game. Then I moved on to Arkham City, and I played the hell out of that. And then I moved on to Mark of the Ninja. So all of these, ge- the last two games I played were dramatically different from first-person shooters. When I came back to this, the, my tiredness and my hungriness combined with the, the, the con- controls felt sli- slightly stodgy. Um, 
made me think, okay, I'm not enjoying this. It's making me feel a bit queasy. But also, this is the, this is the more specific point. In the first few hours, I was constantly um, not reminded of, but forgetting what game I was playing. Because I'd come across uh, a room or some piece of kind of some kind of structure in in the wall or the layout of enemies where I th- I thought am I playing Crisis now? Uh, am that, I yeah. am I you know am I playing uh, Black? Is this something else? And I was it, it left me with an incredible sense of unease because it wasn't deja vu; it was confusion because it was so generic <laughs> and it was so derivative. <laughs> That I simply did not know what was what was going on, and it, literally, it's that that point. I thought, you know, there's there's possibly nothing that the first person shooter genre can offer me now, because every time I play one, I'm reminded of something else. But never have I been reminded of as many games before as I have with this one. Yeah. Now, admittedly, it did come out in 2010, so you know, I've got four years on it. So it's not entirely the designer's fault, but I, I think that's a real a problem with it. And I'm not sure that sense of kind of displacement and unease can happen in any other media in the way it can do with video games because we are interacting with the world in it. Yeah. Well, do you think that means that more of our own tendencies get projected into the game, which might make them feel more similar or... Uh, maybe there was so like if you're the kind of person that always checks lockers and there happens to be a lot of lockers in these games do you is it that kind of thing where like oh if i check all these lockers i feel like all these other games where i checked a lot of lockers i I think that that kind of similarity in play makes it feel more similar i think that that could be i think that could be a real part of it um but it's just things like um there was one one of the levels you go into where there are these it's like a it's not a public bath. It's some kind of lab area which has tiled white walls and there are kind of soldiers hanging down from the ceiling that have been strung up or something. And I, I think I walked in and I thought, am I playing Syndicate? Uh, and then I walked in. There's one level where you walk into a mine which reminded me of one of the boss levels in Crisis, which was kind of set into a cavern. And I, for a split second, I thought I was playing Crisis. It's the kind of thing where you're on the street and you see somebody you think you know and you turn around, it's not that person, but you're left with that impression that it might have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, I just want to expand on this. I can't remember who wrote it, but there was a very interesting piece by somebody who tried out the Oculus. I think it was the Oculus Rift, but which they'd attached. Um, they went into the testing room and there were patches on the walls to allow the Oculus to orient itself. Or, um, and he said that he, he tried it. He really enjoyed it. Then he, he took the specs off and he was chatting to the de- developer and he suddenly couldn't figure out where he was. He felt like he was batting the game. He, he, he didn't know the person he was speaking to was real. <laughs> wow. And he had to kind of, kind of get his bearings again. And so his concern about things like the Oculus Rift is that there's, you're going to lose your sense of place. That sounds pretty much like the actual singularity. Yeah, and and so, but that's what this game did to me. Now, as I say, to give it context, it's because um, I had been playing different types of game previous pre- games previously, so this was kind of fresh again. And I was tired, and I was hungry, so neither of those are good for my ability to to think clearly. But I, I just thought it was something worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, it's they all kind of meld together. It's like me, whenever I used to play Call of Duty, I was a huge Call of Duty player back in, you know, 2007, 2008. And, 
that's why I stopped playing Call of Duty. You know, I was, mm. I was, you know, the last one I picked up was Modern Warfare Two, and when I I sat down and played it, I got it at midnight, got it home twelve thirty, started playing it. I was like, man, this is, this is Modern Warfare all over again. This is, mm. and that's why I said I'm not playing this anymore because this is this is a waste of money. All they're doing is just updating it, and I didn't like that. And I mean, and, and t- truth be told, which Matt, you know. I've kind of got out of first-person shooters, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I I used to be big in the Killzone, and you know, I've played probably f- six hours of Killzone Shadowfall multiplayer. I just, you know, it all just feels the same. It's all, you know, shoot shoot a guy, die, shoot a guy, die, and it was just, and it's this repetition of just dullness. And I was just, I'm just done with them, you know. I mean, I, I like, I, I want something that I've I've become a RPG player. You know, mm. uh, Blue Dragon. I, I really enjoyed it when we played it last week. Um, I it's I like to make a story. You know, I like story. Mm. I like story driven games. Um, I like games that you you play. So like, I mean, and I'm I'm not knocking games like Gone Home or something like that. But I want a game that it feels like a game to me. The things that I'm doing make make a difference. In Wait, I have a question. No, because didn't you say you didn't like The Last of Us because you didn't want to suffer through mediocre gameplay to get yeah. even a admittedly great story? Yeah. I said I like story-driven games, but I like playing games like that. Why do I want to play Call of Duty? Because they're the same crap. It's it's dull crap. The Last of Us. I know this is an unpopular opinion. I hate the combat in The Last of Us. It plays like crap to me. It's slow, it's monotonous, it's boring, and I don't want to play that. So, uh, even if, so even if you have a fantastic story, I'm never going to see it because I don't want to play through it to get to that story. I haven't played The Last of Us, so please avoid any spoilers. Oh, I'm not. I'm question about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, when you say say. When you say you don't enjoy the combat, is that because you think the, the combat was poorly implemented or is well-implemented combat in a style you didn't like? Uh, I think it's poor. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's all a matter of opinion, obviously. And I I'd be hard-pressed like, to say there's anything technically wrong with it. Uh, no, there's nothing yeah. technically in any, wrong. In any way. Yeah, I just hate the way it's presented. It's, all right, so you're going to sneak around from guys, all right? It always feels like you're ill-prepared compared to the guys that you're going up against, whether it be infected or whether it be another person with a gun. Mm-hmm. And I, it's always it's, it's, it's kind of like Call of Duty. It's all the same. You're going to sneak. You're going to go around a guy. You're going to stealth kill that one. Then you're going to get another guy. You're going to stealth kill him. But then somebody saw you kill him. Now it's time to shoot people. And, it's, and I did that in, in the five, three hours that I played that game. I did that kind of scenario four times. I said, this is this – is, dull and turn it off i mean it's, it's still sitting on my shelf i'm sure i will go back to it i played the dlc they improved some of that stuff in the dlc i had to review it so it's speak, <laughs> speaking of which go to ztgd.com and read my review of the last of us dlc <laughs> um so i mean it's it's just i don't know it, 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 it's it's all it, you know and going back to singularity it's generic first-person shooter. Um, they try to throw in some stuff with some powers. Unfortunately, I didn't use those powers because I said that, that it's useless whenever I have a gun that can kill guys in one shot or can stun them. That was the thing. That was the biggest thing for me was I could stun lock anybody. 
I used throughout the entire game. I used nothing but a sniper rifle and a shotgun. So well, so well. Hold on a second. Part of that is on you, right? This is true. This so is yeah. very example, true. When I because they do price, give you quite a few price combat price. options. The the, the 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 guns are all incredibly generic and not particularly interesting. Apart from the sniper rifle, I mean, there's nothing in the game I haven't seen before. So, for you know, there's a remote control bullet. Well, Bulletstorm had one of those, although I think probably came out much afterwards. Um, but before I started playing Singularity, I watched a video review, and the guy said that you get this chain gun, and it makes the game a bit too easy. And so I purposefully didn't use it. Now, at some point, the designer, you know, the designer can't always design around your de- your desire to use the same thing repeatedly. It is on the gamer to try and make the game more difficult for themselves or or try and play out of their comfort zone if they want a different experience. Yeah, this is true. Mm, partially. But the, the, the ultimate goal for me when I'm playing a game is I want to mm. I want to kill that guy. So what's the most effective way to kill that guy? And me shooting him with a shotgun is the most effective way. You know, especially after I upgraded the shotgun. Yeah. It was it was I could hit a guy from 30 feet away, he would, it wouldn't kill him, but he, he would kind of reel back. And then while I'm running up to him, just blast him in the face. Yeah. And that's what I did throughout this entire game, you know, and people shooting me did almost nothing. They could have easily restricted which weapons you have access to, because yeah. in this game, every time you come up to a weapon locker, you have access to any gun with unlimited ammo because you can just buy all the ammo right there. So, and I mean, you- if, if they wanted to force you to try different strategies, um, that was one way they could have done it. But for me, I used a lot of different weapons and a lot of different things because I, I'm i not going to lie, I was doing a little bit of trophy whoring while I was oh. playing this game. Okay. And the, a lot of the trophies are unique to each different combat style. So it's like age 15 enemies, there's a trophy for that. Revert 15 enemies, trophy for that. Kill 15 enemies with each weapon. So basically because of that, that was the way that they got me to try out all the different combat options. That's that's one of the great and ingenious things about trophies and achievements. Mm. They, they get you to try things you normally wouldn't try. Yeah, so if I had felt inclined to go through just with the assault rifle, which was the weapon that I upgraded completely, um, I could have done that, but then I would have not have seen some of the other fun things. And, and again, I, I think that was the best part of this game was was fi- figuring out the different ways to, to use those combat options. Um, you can't get every weapon because it's the one with the remote control bullets that you only get at certain points, and then they take it away from yeah, you. Yeah, and also the rocket launcher. I think you only get at certain yes. points. So you can't you can't keep in your inventory. And that that seemed you know that seemed a bit annoying to me because there's there's this weird issue with the game. It's like what you what you said, Drew, is a. Uh, uh, in this game, the objective is to kill people, to kill people, and you want to do that as efficiently as possible. Right. But when you introduce things that allow you to play with the systems of the game, such as uh, a gravity gun or being able to slow down time, there's a, there's an inherent tension there between experimentation um, and efficiency. And you erred on the side of efficiency. And mm-hmm. it, in some ways, it felt like this game couldn't decide whether it wanted you to play it as a as an efficient shooter or as a sandbox. Because um, I always lean into sandboxes. I would rather uh, perhaps do a little worse. As long as I'm not having a frustrating experience, I think I would, I'd be happy taking a death um, if I got to experiment on the way to it. Actually, talking about deaths, did anyone, either either of you feel that the checkpoints were slightly off? For me, it always felt like um, they were kind of put in place 
10 seconds too early. So I'd have to pick up all this ammo that was already, you know, ammo in the room, pick it all up again before I could continue. Yeah. I mean, I only died twice. But... Only twice? Good lord. Yeah. That happened to me a lot again at that room where you have to use the, the time bubble. Yes. And I think in that room there was like an upgrade machine. Mm-hmm. So every time I like walked around, I because the, the checkpoint there was a little ways back. And you had to go through two or three rooms. There was one room where a lot of the tall, lanky monsters come out, and you have to shotgun yeah. like nine of those. And then I had to go through and pick up all the different oxygen canisters, then go in and do my upgrades or something like that. And I remember at that point, I thought the checkpoint was a little bit strange. Yeah. Actually, you've raised a good point about the, the gun modification cabinet. So you, throughout the game, you can go to a gun cabinet and pick different weapons and up, upgrade them. Or you can actually kind of modify at another type of installation, modify your special abilities. Um, but neither those nor any of the notes that you read pause the game. Yeah. Right. Which I, I found that really weird. Why, you know, let this pause the game so I can have fun making my decision because it's not a serious shooter. Don't don't make me constantly afraid that monsters are coming. Yeah. They did that with um, Dead Space, too. Dead Space, they didn't pause whenever you jumped into a menu. And I, I think they would argue that that's totally a specific choice. Space. Yeah. Um, yeah, in a game that's trying to be scary, I, I think that makes sense. Like, if there are monsters around, you wouldn't want to just open this thing up and start playing around with nonsense. Yeah. Mm. You know, it should be safety first, and then when you have the time to do that. But again, in this game, this isn't that kind of game. They're not really they're not really focused on building atmosphere here, so it, it seems irrelevant which way they went to me. The, um, go ahead. No, please, sorry, carry on. Oh, okay, the, the the thing I was going to say was talking about the upgrade machines and the uh, the weapon machines. They were they seemed pretty well spread out throughout most of the game, but then for some reason the last hour I ran into like twenty of them. Yeah, I was mm. going to say there were a lot at the end. And I tell you the reason why. I can tell you the exact reason why is because there's trophies and achievements tied to upgrading your weapons and upgrading your powers. And oh. at the end, you get a lot of E99 that you can spend. And even though even though you don't need to upgrade anything that has to do with the TMD at the end of the game, they still let you upgrade it. Yeah. Because at the end of the... There were a lot the, of pickups in this game, too. A lot of pieces of E99 tech to pick up. Yeah. Like, every time you open these chests, there's three different pieces. And then you might have three or four scattered right outside the chest. I mean, I feel like I feel like if you were to speed run this game, you could do it ridiculously fast if you bypassed all the notes, most of the pickups. Oh, absolutely! You could probably beat this game in an hour and a half, two hours. I mean, I was running. I mean, I, yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I wasn't. I wasn't taking my time. You know, I, every time it seemed like every time I was in a mandatory cutscene where I had to stand there and talk to a guy who wasn't looking at me. I, I was I was either trying to stab them with my knife or shoot them yeah. with my, my arm blast. And I was like, they're not dying. Shut up. Please shut up. So. It seems like none of us are uh, actually... I've been working on a joke to tell you, and I, I want to try and share the joke with you. Apologies, okay. apologies if it doesn't work well. Okay. So it's actually not a joke. It's a real thing. So I was on the, 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 uh, the lift in my local tube station. And there were three women in there, and one of them was talking about 
her new boyfriend. And she was very excited. And she said, he's got big hands and he's got big feet. And uh, this is all real, by the way. And then one of her friends said, is he good looking? And she paused. And we all know what that pause is. (laughs) Because the cogs are working. She's trying to figure out what to say. And I realized that singularity is that pause. (laughs) Because it's like... You can say, "Oh, it's got it's got a bubble shield," and and then is it is it good game? (laughs) Singularity has got big hands and big feet. Yes, it tries its big hands and big feet. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about fair assessment. Yeah, it's I don't know. I mean, I mean, all right. So let's just go ahead and get into the ending of the game because I mean. We we've journeyed throughout this entire <laughs> fucking island. We've got no answers whatsoever, and then we get to the end where all the answers come. Um, which it, there is, it is interesting to say there are three different endings to this game. Uh, I did see all of them. I saw. I well, I only saw one because after I did it, I was like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that was. That's one place where the checkpoint is excellently placed. Where as soon as you finish, you just load up the last one, and you can just go right to the ending again and see the other. Oh, whatever. You weren't trying to see the endings. You were trying to get all the damn trophies. No, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, this was not for that. I did not know that there was a trophy for that, and the ending is just so clearly. Uh, there are so clearly multiple endings when you get there. I mean, there's no way you can play that ending and not wonder what would have happened if you had done something else. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's there's no way, because you are very clearly given two choices that you can do what you want with. So I, I actually did not do that for trophy whoring, and I did not even know there were... Tr- I assumed there were, but I did not know there were. Right. I got one ending, and then I thought, shall I go... I thought to myself, shall I go through them again? No, because the checkpoint will be annoying. I'll just watch them on YouTube. Yeah, they're fairly interesting to watch. I think for yeah, given how interesting the rest of the game is. Oh I mean, yeah, they try to they try to wrap up stuff decently but, well. Yeah. But why don't you tell us what the what you're presented with before you choose the endings? So okay. That we kind of understand. Sure. So, in it, it, the first thing I thought of, because me and Matt and another uh, special guest on Phoenix Town, we all watched Donnie Darko. I feel Darko. so betrayed. I know. I know. <laughs> Damn it. We all watched Donnie Darko uh, right. recently, and um, I immediately thought of Donnie Darko when they said, the actual anomaly is you, the main mm. character. Uh, mm-hmm. You are the person that is making this happen, um, and the only way to fix the timeline is to go back in time and kill yourself from ever stopping the the saving the, Demichev. Demichev, the the main bad guy um yeah. so uh, immediately I was like oh this is totally Donnie Darko you know you have to you have to die in order to save everybody so uh you're left with three options oh the, before I even get into this there is one little thing I do want to mention uh, Demichev uh is is there with the scientist what was his name Barisov Barisov and, and he you've pulls, charged up your bomb. Yeah, you've charged up the bomb. You're going to blow the entire place. Um, and he comes in with a gun. And it's the whole slow motion, him pulling out a gun and getting ready to shoot you. And I shot him 
directly between the eyes. Yeah, yeah, me too. And then he then he gets up holding his arm. And I was this like, is the bad guy that you shot. Yes, this is the yeah. bad guy. And I'm like, well, this what? This is before you're given a choice. Yeah, this choice. is before you're given a choice. This is the whole the last stand kind of deal. And oh, I was yeah. thinking, yeah. Yes, 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 yeah. And so I was, I shot him in the face, <laughs> and then he gets up holding his arm. I'm like, you are dead. Yeah, you should be dead right now. Correction, he gets up holding his wrist. Oh, his wrist, yeah. Everybody <laughs> gets shot in the wrist in this game. Yes. <laughs> Apparently so. So, um, well, except upcoming. Uh, so you're you're left with basically you're left with two options. I'll put it this way: you're left with two options. Um, yeah, there's a lot of talking here. They both present their sides. Yeah, they but yeah, why why there's still guns around? Why don't you just shoot somebody? You know, that was, that was the thing that got me. <laughs> Especially this evil bad guy. I mean, why don't you just grab a gun? There's got to be one laying around somewhere. Um, so the, the two choices are you can go back in time, kill yourself, and end this essentially time loop. Yeah, set everything right. Set everything correct, and and everything will go back to normal. The unfortunate thing is you'll be dead. Um, and at the and and as that's going on, you in the process you will be killing Demichev. Yeah, you'll be allowing yeah. him to die. You're stopping. You're going to go back and shoot yourself to stop him being saved. At which point will will stop you existing yes. in the future. Yeah. Yes. So um, that happens. Although, wait. What? Small question. Why couldn't you just go back in time and like convince yourself not to go in there? They tried to explain that. Did they say why why you would have to die? Why couldn't you just go back and scare and st- yourself away stop, from there? Or yeah, something? stop yourself from doing it. Well, yeah, because let Demichev die, and but don't allow yourself you, to be killed. If you continue to exist in a time, well, but okay, um, this is a bullshit response, but I think I might understand. If you go back and convince yourself not to do it, but uh, but no, 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 I'm wrong. You're right. Carry on. Yeah, never mind. Time travel. There we are. Yeah, time so, travel. Uh, unresolved. Is, is there, was there a reason given? They tried. I, 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 I distinctly remember them saying something like that, but I can't remember what the reasoning was because I really wasn't paying attention because I said this is stupid. Okay, fair enough. So, um, But anyway, uh, so that's the first option. The second option is go with Dimitrov. Shoot the scientist in the face. I did like how he said, listen to his option. Why would you want to go kill yourself? Yeah. That's a terrible option. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad option. So how about this? Kill him, join me, and we'll fool the world together. <laughs> so uh, you can do that. But the thing that they don't tell you is there's a third option, and it's the option I took. That was what I did first, Yeah, actually. Um, the third option is uh, w- w- they give you an option. You have to shoot somebody. So I shot the bad guy in the face, and I said, "You know what? You're dying too." And I shot, I shot the scientist in the face. Beresov's dead, also. That's 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 a um that's an ending. You you get a real ending where you um you you disappear for become years. a legend. Yeah, you become a legend. You disappear for a long time, uh, but uh, the people are still trying to find you. They send yeah. out like they send out assassination groups to to try and take you out, but they can't ever find you. Because they and, say like they find both bodies dead, yeah, in that room, and they don't know who the assassin is. Exactly, um, but uh, but they also mention, but there are rumors that the United States are is coming back, and they're going to be taking over 
the world or, or, you know, beating out the, the Russian oppression and stuff. And I was oh, like, really? Oh yeah. Um, I, uh, I read that because t- I did, I did that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I read that bit totally differently. Okay. I read it as, well, before the very end of the game, your TMD, your time manipulation device that does all this crazy shit, uh, it give, it doesn't require any more power. It just yeah. has infinite power. And yeah. so when you kill both of them, you effectively become a god because you can control time, at least in that space. And I, the way I read that bit is that this evil man was taking over Fortress America. So it's interesting how we're seeing it from totally different points of view. You're well, seeing it as an American resurgence. Well, I, would, I, I, I wasn't. I, I didn't want to say it as American resurgence. I'm just saying a huge power is taking a place, okay. and, and I think it was just so happens it was taking place in the United States. Uh, okay. I'm okay. not saying yeah, go America coming back. Fuck yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying somebody's taking over shit, and it happens in the United States. That's all I'm saying. So okay. Uh, <laughs> Apologies. Yeah, when I played through this ending, I shot Demichev because I, you know, I always tend to do the good thing first. But then nothing immediately happened, and as I swept my reticle over Beresov, I saw that it turned red, and I'm like, "Huh, I guess I can just kill them both." And like, it, I didn't do it because I, I felt like I wanted to escape both of them and Beresov manipulating me or or whatever reason. I just saw that I could kill both, so I did that first. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I've I've got this image in my head of you, Matt. This idea that you always do the good thing first, but unless you're immediately congratulated, you then go and do something bad. <laughs> like you, like some woman is crossing the street and there's a car bowing towards her, and you push her out the way, and she's too stunned to say thank you, and then you notice her purse is sticking out of her handbag. So I steal it. Yeah. <laughs> I get rewarded somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's uh, so the the other ending. I, I didn't. I haven't ever seen the other endings because I think I did that the first time I played through it. <laughs> so, mm. so um, the I, I I take it you go with. They're both pretty. They're actually fairly interesting. The other okay, two endings. I thought. Well, all right. So explain them to me because I have no idea. So the the next one I did was what I meant to do the first time. I just killed Demichev. Demichev. That's the end of it. So, you know, he he's dead. Beresov is alive, obviously. And so it's kind of weird because then they cut back to, like, the opening cinematic where you're flying into the region. And instead of just the hand holding the sickle sticking out of the water, you know, because that, that kind of iconic image that's on the, the, the home screen and also in the beginning of the game. Yeah. You see a giant statue of Beresov instead with the TMD on his arm. If I'm remembering this correctly. So yeah, I think no, the implication right. is that he just ends up becoming the ruler instead. Or, or maybe just that he's helped the world so much that they build this statue in his image. Okay. But don't, I mean, I watched that on YouTube, but also what happens is when you go in, um, at the end of that scene, you're called comrade. So the implication is some, that the... Soviet Union has, te- uh, uh, yeah, it would be 55, wouldn't it? The, the, the Soviet Union has taken over the world. Now, not necessarily in the kind of despotic way that Demichev would have wanted it, right? But they are certainly in control. Mm-hmm. And... So, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily all good, but mm. it, it is certainly what would have happened if Beresov now has the power instead of Demichev. 
Yeah. So, um, he's, he's just making plants grow. That's all it is. Um, and I guess Demichev, you just become his right hand man and, and well, no, no. So what happens is you become his right hand man, but then they kind of like, they say, I don't know if they say years later, but to continue the story of what happens after you are his right hand man, he starts to get nervous that you have so much power because you're the one with the TMD. Uh-huh. So there are rumors that you are even more powerful than Demichev is. So then basically I think you flee Russia because he starts to hunt you down. And then they say that another Cold War is brewing between your forces and Demichev's forces. Huh. Okay. They, they, they are good endings. I mean, it's... Have you seen... um? Is it Ocean's 13 or Ocean's 12 where the, the whole idea is that you have to go and steal this jewel... And spoilers, it turns out the jewel was actually stolen by you at the beginning of the movie, and the, and you're basically just pulling a prank on the, this other master thief. Um, and that's kind of like what the ending felt like to me is the explanations about why you're seeing ghostly words written by time travelers on walls and stuff, all of that is just pointless. It's a MacGuffin. And the real interesting bit about the ending, as as Matt has said, is that how these two powers struggle with each other at the end and what happens afterwards. Well, you know, there and is... And then after any of the endings, there's the yeah. extra bit. Yeah. Oh, there's, is there an extra bit after the endings? Yeah, after the credits. Oh, I didn't... Oh, yeah. Uh, what's that bit again? Um, the, the blind woman. <laughs> so oh, yes. We, we, totally, <laughs> we totally forgot about the blind woman. Um, she, she apparently got shot... Uh, while we were in the the tanker that we raised up and and changed and changed you know back to the 1955 tanker, mm. she got shot and then uh, Borisov was just like uh, she she's she's not with us you know she's 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 dead, mm. but apparently she wasn't dead and it shows her shot in the, the stomach. She's going into a room and starts writing down. Uh, I guess information about the main character. Mm. What, what what was it, Matt, that she wrote down? Hell, I can't even remember. Uh, basically, I think everything that forms Mir Twelve. I think like Renko's the one we need to get him from the from the future. He's the one that can set everything right. Oh yeah, yes, okay. Yeah. This is the yeah, organization so- that they talk about at the beginning, where she says, "I work for this shadowy group, and we're trying to right all the wrongs." Yeah, the, at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, they have that because she survived and knows everything that happened that he's already come back but yeah. again because she's still stuck in 1955 yeah so but mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> i mean singularity everyone yeah Thanks i mean <laughs> i don't know it's it's is a hard is a hard thing to talk about because i don't think it's yeah. a, i don't think it's an inherently bad game i think it's it it, it i think it's, it's mechanically sound it plays fine it, yeah. i think i think it plays totally fine um one thing i did dislike was you shoot a guy and he may fall on the ground and still be alive, but when you shoot him, he automatically just ends up back on his feet and then falls over. You know what you know what I'm talking about? When you when you reset a guy into a death animation. So I shoot a guy, he falls to his knees, but he's still kinda he's still alive. He's still got his gun in his hand. So I shoot him again and then it resets to a death animation of him standing up on his feet and then falling over. <laughs> Time travel. Yeah, it's time travel. He is time yeah. traveling to his death. It's a glitch in the matrix. So I don't know. It's yeah. It's it, it seems like it was. It, 
I would have been very upset if I paid sixty dollars for this game. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how much I paid. Uh, I think maybe eight quid, and that feels a bit much mm. to me. There's, you see, there's no ability to go back to the beginning and play with all your powers, is there? I don't no, think. No, there's no new. Or game there's no chapter us. select, I think, either. No. No. I mean, that would have been fun. That would have increased the replayability. You know, give me infinite time manipulation, and then let me let me at it. Yeah. I don't know. That's. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I I didn't pay anything for it, so. You didn't. Oh. No. I, <laughs> In that case, it was probably worth it. <laughs> yeah. So sure, four hours now, nah, whatever. So can I recommend another game? Absolutely. It's a game called Twilight Struggle. Twilight Struggle. Struggle. It's a board game called Twilight Struggle. I've only okay. played it once, and it lasts quite a long time. But the idea is that um, it's a two-player board game. You've got this map of the world, and one person plays America, and the other one plays uh, the Soviet Union. And you're, you're trying to expand your influence and take over the world, and ideally avoid a nuclear war. And um, the animations... Or at the end of Singularity, maybe think of this because the animation is kind of arrows coming out of the Soviet Union to show where they're taking over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing that makes Twilight Struggle interesting is I can't exactly remember the mechanics, but uh, t- to do things like expand your territory or invest in the army or whatever it is, you have all these cards in your hand that you can play, and the cards have names of real historical events. Hmm. For example, the Cuban Missile Crisis or the Soviets moving into Afghanistan or whatever it is. And so in a, in a very slight way, it is kind of a, an alternate history of the power struggle be- between the U.S. and Soviet Union. Um, and it's obviously it's a board game and it's totally different. But if you're interested in that kind of thing, it might be worth checking out. That's Twilight Struggle. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely big into board games. Yeah, me too. I played some uh, last night. What did you play? I played a game called Zombicide. I hate Zombicide. You hate Zombicide? <laughs> really? Why? I just felt it was incredibly unbalanced. It's 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 very it's very unfair to the players. Not well, just unbalanced to the point of not being interesting, which uh, is difficult, I guess. I I, I kind of like it. I mean, it, it's no, no, fr- I'm not I'm not disputing that you like it. It yeah. just wasn't for me. Yeah, I understand. I, I mean, that's um, I think it, it does it it the it, the players have a very slim chance of surviving. Yeah, in, in that game, um, and the other game I played is actually a game that I personally own, and, and it's uh. Oh God! Um, Betrayal on the House Betrayal. on the Hill. Yeah. Yes. Betrayal on the House on the Hill, which is a fantastic game. Yeah, that I've may heard, be my favorite board game. Yeah. I've I've heard good things about it. I have heard good things about it. It's uh, basically like you're playing an episode of The Twilight Zone. Okay. And there's 50 different scenarios that can happen, and it all depends on what items they, they you find. Of in, uh, investigating a haunted house. Yeah. But you're playing is like. A little eight-year-old kid and a five-year-old girl and a teenage girl who likes shopping in malls and a jock from high school. It's <laughs> it's weird. But then there's a priest and it, and Madame Zostra who is like this fortune teller. I'm like, who are these people and why are they hanging out? That's so. When you were saying you're playing as an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, I was about to ask, do you have to go around to your neighbor's houses and announce that you're about to play this game? Yes. <laughs> So I'll say there's two reasons I love that game. A is the 50 different scenarios. Right. So that, and they are wildly, wildly different. So oh, yeah. you get a narrative aspect to the game that you don't get in a lot of board games. Mm. And two, since you're exploring this haunted house, um, the layout of the house is dependent on tiles. And every time you play the game, you pick tiles randomly off of a, off of a stack, so that the layout of the house is different every time. Yeah. 
So okay. that be- between those two different ways to uh, to add in variability to the game, I I mean I haven't played it that many times. I've only played it maybe four or five times, but it's been totally different and interestingly fun every time. Yeah, that's it's all different types of scenarios. One of them may be uh, so there's always a betrayer. So so okay. there's always like you you got heroes everybody's a hero and while they're exploring the place they find items and things like that. Well, certain items are called omens. And when you have when you get an omen, you have to roll 6 die. And if those die either the die are only 1, 2 or blank. Okay. So if you you have to roll higher than the amount of omens that have been drawn. Right. Um, and if you roll less than that number, the haunt starts. And when that happens, you have to. What omen was? What omen was the last omen that was picked up? Where was it picked up? And then you read in this rule books telling you this is the the scenario you're going to be playing. This person is going to be the betrayer. So there was there's this one scenario where the betrayer gets uh, some kind of medallion that brings a mummy back to life, and he has to he can control the mummy to kill all the other people. And it's it's so so you always have somebody else playing against you at after the half of the game. Mm-hmm. And so it's really really fun. I definitely suggest that to anybody out there is listening. So if, you, so if you're in a shop and you see Singularity by Betrayal on the House on the Hill. Bingo. <laughs> if you see Singularity, keep walking. Yeah. 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 Get to the board game section and buy Betrayal. There you go. But um yeah, that's that's Singularity, man. It's um I honestly didn't hate it. I just the, for for me it was the, the the problems with the logic and the problems with all right, you've got this time manipulation device, but it's so <laughs> limited in what it can do. That I just I don't feel like you're like cut the monsters out and give me more things that I can interact with in a time dependent manner, and then that would have been a more focused game and a more a, a better exploration of what the game was about than just all right now we've got monsters and Russians for you to blast. Maybe um, what's that one set on Mars? Red Faction. Isn't there a Red Faction game where you get to rebuild and destroy things all the time? Uh, Red Faction Armageddon lets you do that, um, which I prefer Red Faction Guerrilla, which is basically just destruction. Matt, you wanted to destroy whatever you want to, play Red Faction Guerrilla. Yeah. Everything is destructible in that game. Period. I mean, the ground obviously isn't, but <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, that, that, that you break the world that way. <laughs> but uh, any building structure, stuff like that, everything can be broken down. So I mean, now, it, how does this game compare to Time Shift? Are they at all alike? I think is is that another game with time manipulation? Time, I think I played the demo. I don't really remember any of it though. T- time Shift, um, it does have time manipulation in it. This is a better game than Time Shift, as far as mechanically speaking. This is this is a competent first person shooter. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Time Shift is a sluggish first person shooter. But it's it, this isn't it's not. I mean, it's even hard to recommend this for somebody who's looking for something to play on a Sunday evening or something like with a for that they can get for a few dollars. It's just not. It's too involved. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's too involved. If this was a four-hour game, I mean, I, you know, if you didn't give a shit about the story, sure. I mean, you can speed run this shit in four hours, you know. And I, is it worth it? I don't know. If you yeah. if you want some achievements, the Steam version doesn't have achievements, so fuck that noise. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I I don't know. It's that I don't know who this game is for. 
Um, all I know is in 2010, if I would have bought this for sixty dollars, I would have been very disappointed. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I didn't hate it. I just feel like there were missed opportunities in it. Yeah, I mean, it, it had the the makings of something really good, and then it just fell flat. Yeah. It's it's a generic first person shooter that has some decent shooting. And that's it. That's it. I think if you can outsource the for, I mean, what happened to me? So I'm dragging this on. It, the, the point at which I started enjoying and started enjoying it was about thirty percent from the end, twenty five percent from the end, which is almost exactly the time I felt it was overstaying its welcome. And, and so if you can find somebody to play the first seventy percent of the game for you and you just take <laughs> over, there you go. Yeah. That's probably the best thing to do. But yeah, that's um that's singularity. We're going to wrap it up right there. Um, there are a couple of things that I do want to mention. There was a uh, we got an email. Um, in fact, let me read it out right now. Uh, we got an email. That's that's that is a, a a feat for us nowadays. Um, the email comes from William. Uh, William, I know who you are. Uh, I talk to you on Twitter all the time. Uh, but he was uh we we asked last. Last episode, it wasn't last week, it was two weeks ago, uh, talking about finished game policy. You know, do you trade in your games? Uh, what's the threshold for? Because like, I, I said I was going to trade in Blue Dragon, while Ken said you'll get like 25 cents for it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not going to play it ever again, and so uh, do I want to keep it? And I was wanting to know what is the limit. How 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 much should you have, would you get for a game for you to trade it in? And uh, William says, I've always felt... You get so little for the games, I never trade them in or get rid of them. Uh, it reminds me of those SNES games I traded when I was in my early teens. And how uh, how much some would be worth now. Uh, Ramana 1 slash 2 complete in box is one of the mi- I miss the most. Ramana? Ram, uh, Ram, Ramana? Ramna or Ranma. It's about a I remember this from SNES magazines back in the 90s. I think it's about a girl who can change into a panda or a boy who can change into a girl or something. Okay. <laughs> it's a fighting game. Oh, it's a fighting game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've never heard of that game. Uh, one or two. Apparently it was popular. Maybe the half people. is because the, there's like a little bit left over after the change. <laughs> it could be. Um, but there is one other thing. I th- thank you, William, for that uh, that email. I greatly appreciate it. Um, we also have an iTunes review, which I cannot believe we actually have an iTunes review. Um, it's five stars. It is from I Hate Picking Stupid Names. Uh, and he says he loves the show. Or it may be her. I don't know. Uh says, love listening to the show. Sometimes it's great to play the games with them. Sometimes it's great to hear how games I wanted to play but never got around to starting or finishing play out. You guys are great. Keep up doing what you're doing. Thank you very much. I hate picking stupid names. <laughs> but um yeah. That's singularity. I you know, I I'm going to go through the whole spiel of You can follow us on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS and at Hatchet Job, correct? Correct. Yes. There you go. You. Hatchet job. Um, give Hatchet Job podcast a listen, guys. Um, I've been listening for a long time. Great stuff over there. More intellectual stuff, I would put it. Uh, he has professors come on and stuff. You right? couldn't tell with the conversation I've instigated today. Yeah, yeah. See, we normally just sit around and talk about video games, and then we come <laughs> into holy crap. 
<laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry. No, 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 no. I find I find it very fascinating, and it was. I think this was one of the more entertaining episodes that we've had. Well, not not a slight on, not a slight <laughs> on any of our other guests. We love you all. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. And you are welcome to come back anytime you want to. So, um, uh, but yeah, definitely give a hatchet job a listen. Um, you can send me an email and suggest games to us or let us know what you thought of singularity. Uh, maybe you thought this was the greatest game ever. And if you would, please let me know because I, I would like to meet you. Um, <laughs> uh, but you can send me an email, drew at ztgd.com. Um, and uh, definitely suggest some games to us. We like to get um, other people. We, we will play games that you want us to play. Uh, so that way you have something to listen to that you really want to listen to instead of listening to us talk about a generic first-person shooter for an hour and a half. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's um, that's it. Uh, iTunes review. We got a new iTunes review, and I greatly appreciate that. Um, if you would like to leave us an iTunes review, you can. Uh, just look for us, uh, Phoenix Down. Um, or I think it's the Phoenix down. I can't remember. I don't know what Ken put it as, but, um, it is just look Phoenix down and you'll see the feather or the, uh, or the, the airplane going down into the ocean, uh, depending on how you look at the picture. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, that's it. I, I, um, I want to thank everybody for listening next uh, week. Next we week. got uh, Alone in the Dark. Yes, we do. We have Alone in the Dark. Uh, well, it technically, uh, yeah, it will be the next week because you're listening to this, but technically we will be a week ahead. Um, so we may have to do an intermission podcast uh, after Alone in the Dark or just wait a week, however you want to do it, Matt. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be doing Alone in the Dark, which is a 2008 title uh, developed by Eden Games and published by Atari. This is one of my personal favorites. Um, not because it's a good game. Definitely not because it's a good game. Yeah, I think this is one I should have left on the shelf. <sighs> Don't hurt my feelings like that, Matt. I loved this game before. I'm not feeling that this time. <laughs> I, I, it's one of those games where it's it's a guilty pleasure. The game is complete crap. It looks horrible. It, it, it the voice acting is god awful. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those games that just had a lot of heart. Back in the day, and it's one—it's it's a game that did a lot of things I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. So, um, so it's—I think it's something that's perfect for Phoenix Down. We go back to it and say, "Hey, this game really didn't hold up as good as I thought it did." Because I've already started playing it, and that game really didn't hold up as good as I thought it did. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's it. Uh, we're um, we're out of here. Um, I, I should have mentioned before the podcast, but we usually just say our names while we while we say bye. Um, so we'll just we'll just do that real quick. But we will be back next week with Alone in the Dark with our special guest Dave. Everybody knows Dave from the podcast and from ZTGD. Um, but until then, I am Drew, and I'm Matt. And he's dead. <laughs> and he's dead. <laughs> uh, I think he he time traveled back to 1955. But anyway, we are gone. We'll see you guys next week. Hope you have a great one.